say, we will make a start of bring this a little bit closer. So we look at our parents for examples on how to live our life. We look at our father figures for examples of masculine and to our mothers to the feminine. As children, we were not consciously aware that our parents were not perfect and that they too had wounds and traumas, you know, and programs that they, that they was still carrying. We believe, um, I can't see that. We believe they are the image of what we need to be loved. So how we see our parents and their responses to us, we, we sort of like, so that's what love is. That's sort of what you do to receive love because obviously that's the first way in which that we received love. So that creates our, our blueprint. Just like that, to get in. That creates our blueprint. Um, we believe the things that they say um, about themselves and us and our bodies and the views of the world. This is what we subconsciously then mirror for, I was just muting then, sorry. Um, and we need to learn to make all these wounds conscious so that we can then decide, is this what I believe, isn't it? Is this from me or is it from somewhere else? And then start to understand that the things that we're carrying are not necessarily always from us. They could be from somewhere else. So we'll make a start. So as we grow and develop, our identity is formed and we use our parents as our examples. How our parents treat themselves affects us, and this creates our DNA and our biology, our physical, emotional, and psychological form. Even the likes of like what our parents have ate affects us and our DNA and sort of what we're able to um our immune system as well. You know, it's it's ev on every single level, mind, heart, body, and soul. So we'll move on. So the mother wound, this is the trauma that our mother had that she didn't heal from. What she believed, how she dealt with relationships, the goals that she didn't achieve. She could have even seeked emotional support from us as a child. So if mum's having a bad day, oh, you don't go out today, come and sit with mum. You know, like that's the child given emotional support. It could be... Um, Maybe dad went to the shops and he said he'd be in a five and then he wasn't in a five. And then mum goes, um, where's your dad? Where's your dad? Like that creates like a wound of like abandonment that carries through. So the mother wounds can impact our relationship with ourselves, other women and our emotions. Unless we heal ourselves from our mother wounds, we can continue to create toxic relationships of codependency within our life. We don't just hear what our mothers say about us. We hear what they say about themselves and we personalise. So up until the age of seven, we're in an, um, an egocentric stage, which basically means no one else exists, only we exist. We don't cheer, we don't care, like this is where we are in our younger years because we don't yet understand that, which also means that anything that happens around us is our fault. Good and bad, you know, we sort of personalise everything. If something smashes, you know, it's our fault. Everything sort of our parents' emotions are our fault. We sort of take all that on ourselves. Okay, we'll move on. 
So here's some of the ways that a mother wound can show up for us. So we can seek approval from others. We can have conditions such as eating disorders, depression, anxiety, or addictions. And these are all like controls. This is all around control, these conditions. We can struggle to make and, be, and maintain boundaries. This is due to us feeling like we can be abandoned if we, if we set a boundary. Like we're not worthy as set as our, our needs aren't valid, that we're not worthy of what our needs are. We can struggle with codependency. So we can have these um, wounds and voids and stuff like that with inside us that we then seek externally. So let's think of people pleasing, for instance. So people pleasing can create massive codependency within relationships. And as well as one person could be a people pleaser, the other person can be an enabler, which means they enable the behavior because both people are meeting a subconscious need. So while consciously we find in relationships, I'm not getting anything here. What is going on here? Why am I still in this? I'm overgiven. Give, 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 give all the time. But this is because there's a subconscious need that's being met. So we can't see consciously what we're getting, but subconsciously, if we've got like a people-pleasing tendency, that could be getting met within that relationship. Um, we can unconsciously um, make choices to see the, our mother's love or approval. The feeling of um, unworthiness in creating our own life and our own, on our own terms. We can find that a lot of our mothers might have done things they wanted to do or they might have made mistakes. And all this comes from love. All of this comes from love. Like there's no, there's no hatred, you know, in that. But they might think, oh, I would have loved to when I was younger and I never. You should do that. You should go and do that. And our identity sort of formed through their reality. We can feel threatened, competitive or uncomfortable around other women, especially if a woman is within a power that can feel like really uncomfortable for us because then that can show wounds within us that we still need to heal. And we can be like, why do I feel like this? Why am I feeling like this? It's because it's sort of like a mirror of wounds and that's how we can feel uncomfortable around other women. Um, we can dismiss our own pains as not that bad. So we might see our trauma and see somebody else's trauma and be like, it's not as bad as theirs. But what we're doing then is invalidating our own experience, which is more detrimental than anything else. We must, we must validate all of our pain, all of our traumas, no matter how big or small we might feel that it is, all trauma is trauma. Um, we can have lack, lack of confidence and trust in a sense of self, the inability to regulate our own emotions. So we might find that like, um, mum's just having a bad day. Now, many of us do this. I know it's something that I do. And we can go like, oh, it's just one of them days. What we mean is that, we're unable to regulate our emotions in that moment. At any moment, we can change how we feel like that by regulating our emotions, but we didn't have them tools to actually stop and go, right, okay, I'm taking this for what it is. How can I change how I feel? And we sort of just stay in it and we just sort of milk the feeling of what it is, you know, the whole day. It was five minutes. It was five minutes and all of a sudden now it's a whole day of just like wallowing, you know, rather than being able to get ourselves up and like and regulate our emotions. Um, so we can have a lack of love for our own body or we can have body shame. 
like a lot of something I've been talking about a lot lately you know we've all been taught to like hide ourselves and this is rude and don't do that people will think this and so much shame we all hold shame within our body because I don't know of any mother that has been fully expressive of her body I don't know that it's something that's become more to light now in like our generation but still it's not there we've still got a lot of trauma and a lot of like um yeah a lot of shame a lot of shame around our body so it's only natural that we feel that when we grow up because it's what we've been taught feeling responsible for other people's happiness so this can be from you know being an emotional support to our parents parenting our parents avoiding conflict to, pe- to keep the peace being the family peacemaker engaging in like savior behaviors fixing enabling or, or controlling others and a fear of abandonment so we'll move on and then we'll go into questions. Okay, so. Before we write on this question of everyone's got the journal ready, I just wanted to ask if anyone's got any questions, what's gonna happen now is I'm gonna ask you three questions on this. That's just for you to write down and then we'll move on to the father wound. But before we go into exploring this for yourself, does anybody have any questions about what we've spoke about so far? Yeah, I see myself in a few of these, Liz. Yeah, it's natural too, yeah. And it's good to bring awareness to that. Yeah. Not bad. The beginning of my yeah. journey more likely. And I think doing this work with you and stuff, I've grown. I'm, I'm not doing it as much because it's the yeah. awareness, isn't it? Yeah, it's bringing awareness to it, isn't it? Once we once yeah. we get awareness of it, we can go, oh, I'm doing that. I'm doing that thing again. You know, yeah. and then you can sort of grab yourself back. <laughs> and we all slip. You know, we all slip. I'll look at that and go, oh, my God, am I doing that? I'm doing that. Stop it. You know, like, it, it's natural. Whenever there are we, it's, it's a journey and a process. And awareness is the key. Once we've got that awareness, we can make change. Okay. So the first question is explore here how the mother moon, how the mother moon, mother moon, how the mother wound may have shown up for you in your life. What thoughts or emotions are present for you right now? So just take a little second to acknowledge what just came up for you then.
Laura, will you just scroll down there just so people can see you back on the thing in case the in case they're having a little look. Okay, would anybody like to share ooh, anything that came up for them? I will, as I don't mind. Thanks. So. Um, so this is something I've been struggling with quite recently anyway. Um, and I couldn't put my finger on it of why I, I do. And it's coming towards like my, my relationship with my mum. But yeah, like I guess it's like not feeling worthy around like other women. That came up quite a lot. Um, and then, what else did I write down now? And when I was little as well, it sounds really daft, but I used to like, I used to go into hospital. And I used to like, obviously that, that must have been like trying to get my mum's attention kind of thing and her love. And I used to like, like throw myself off like things and like say about yeah. ready hit my ankle and she had to yeah. have quite quite a lot and they must have been thinking oh my god <laughs> but like it was just little things like that do you know yeah um and she's never been a bad mom but I think it was just a case of maybe not her it's not, not her fault of not showing her emotions kind of thing so yeah open mm, thanks so much for sharing that Gem thank you yeah, it's um, and we can see how that can play out in our lives, can't we? If if we haven't had that um presence, you know, an emotional connection, how it can play out later, and it's sort of like the blueprint, isn't it? And we sort of end up with those type of relationships later down the line, and you can see the pattern. So like, watch out, watch for that. Like, am I feeling now what I felt when I was little? Because this is how we create trauma bonds then in relationships. So we play out the same role as we did when we were little because our subconscious gravitates to situations that feel the same, feel familiar. That's where our brain goes to because it doesn't like new. So it will seek out places that will be a replay of the story that we've had before. You know, that same where they say, oh, same person, different body. You know, like it's creating conscious awareness around how did we feel then? And majority, like a very, very large percent of relationships are trauma bonds. They are built through unhealed trauma. So it's, it's um, yeah, it's really good that you've been able to acknowledge that, Jem. Thanks so much for sharing.
Okay, we'll move on to the next question. Bring awareness to how this is currently affecting your life. What difference is healing your mother wound going to make for you and why? Bring awareness to how this is currently affecting your life. What difference is healing your mother wound going to make for you and why? Would anybody like to share? Has anyone not found any links? Has anyone found any links? And I'll share this. Thanks, Sarah. Um, I think for me, a lot of what you said on that, that first part, um, I've recently lost my mum um, and I feel really guilty about lots of things that I never said to her. Because um, when I was growing up, I was left to bring my sister up. Um, I didn't really have, if I was out with my friends, I had to take my sister with me because my mum and dad were always at work or out. And I suppose I'll link that a lot back to, I'm sorry for crying. No, you don't need to be sorry, Sarah. This is what we're all here for. We're here to hold space for you. Um, and I think, even though I've had a shit year, I lost my mum and a couple of months ago, I lost my sister. I still go back to that. Trying to look after everyone else um, to the detriment of myself. I, I need to put myself first and learn to look after me because my confidence is at rock bottom. Um, I just I don't like myself. I don't love myself. And, and I can see it all stemming from 
from back when I was little and not even little, I was nine, ten, eleven, twelve teenage years. I got my sister up for school, I fed us. I took her to school, I picked her up after school, and then if I wanted to go out, my mate, she had to come with me. I came home from school and made the bed, washed the breakfast dishes, got the tea ready, and did everyone's watching, because my mum and dad would come in and eat their tea and then go back out to work. So, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it's, you can see, can't you, like how that role like continues again in our life, and especially losing your mum and your sister, like those wounds now are automatically going to resurface for you as well as the grief you know and the loss of loved ones because all that you fed in and gave now there's nowhere to put it and it's time now to put it inwards but we've never put it inwards before we've always put it outwards yeah. but there's nowhere to put it now the only place is in and it's difficult oh It's like a whole new way of life, isn't it? Learning to love ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's a whole new life, isn't it? It's it's like why why wasn't this a thing? <laughs> why why wasn't this something that like we we were taught to do, and instead we end up with these trauma responses that we relive patterns over and over and over in our life. We end up with relationships that are the same where we're giving, 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 and we never actually the core thing that will actually make us happy yeah. I'm very very good at helping other people but totally shit when it comes to helping myself <laughs> yeah. me, me, me job even through the, the grief and stuff I've still had to go to work because I need to go to work I work with homeless people and people with addictions and I just go into that helping mode it's just automatic yeah and then I come home and I can't help myself <laughs> yeah does that make sense yeah yeah, total sense, yeah. And it's um, it's bringing awareness to that, isn't it? And every day, like, when you wake up, before, before you even get out the bed, before you even look at what time it is, just put your hand on your heart and say, I matter too. I matter too. We were taught that we didn't matter. <laughs> in a lot of areas in our life, that mightn't have been, you know, that lesson mightn't have come to us in that, you know, you don't matter. But it's something that we've learned, whether it be putting other people before us, whether it be seeking approval, it's something that we've learned and we have to acknowledge that we've learned that. We've learned that we don't matter. We've even learned it through, like, um, I'll make sure you be good today, um, blah, blah's coming over, which means it doesn't matter how you feel, you just be good because it's more important on how I look. How I look's more important than how you feel. All our feelings have been, like, pushed and pushed and pushed and... It's no parent's fault either, you know, it's just awareness, awareness that's being made available to us now. And we are the generation that this awareness has came to. We are the ones that are here to make change and break cycles. And that's not easy. That's why it's harder. It's all right when you're unconscious and you haven't got a clue what's going on, you know, and you're just autopiloting through life. But when you're aware of everything, it's difficult. It's hard when you see everything. Oh, it's very difficult. <laughs> isn't it it is very difficult we have to love ourselves more in this process no like no beating ourselves down and checking in every day hand on heart what do you need 
what do you need? Making this connection with ourselves. Thank you so much for sharing, Sarah. We're sending you so much love. Oh, thank you. Okay, question three. What actions can you take to heal this wound from within to move forward? Now, this is a very broad question. There is no answer on healing a mother wound, healing a father wound, because as you can see, there's so many ways in which a mother wound, a father wound can play out. And there are so many trauma responses from what you've seen today. So it's not something that you can go, this is what I need to do to fix that. It's sort of like, what's showing up for me the most? And how can I heal that? And then we go through them. Like for me with this, I had a list. And I went attack them one by one. That was how I moved through my healing with a lot of awareness and a lot of work constantly. And I'm not saying that these things are gone from me, they're not. And every time I grow or I put myself in a new situation, I'll have little things pop up again. And then I'm like, I've got the awareness and I go, okay. But the thing is, you can bring awareness in a second rather than having no awareness or it taking you months to get over it. So it's about going through these individually and nailing them one by one. There is nothing that you will see on these wounds that you won't be able to find in this membership. If you take the time to sit down for a day and go through the back end of this membership, there is hundreds of workshops, so many downloads. This live that we have tonight, these are only one part of it. There's 11 different areas of growth and all that stuff is there for you. And if you wanna, if you wanna heal any of them, Everything you need is there. You don't have to go looking anywhere, anything that you need, because it's everything that I needed. This is what I've healed from too. So there'll never be anything that you find on here that you won't be able to know where to go to like, you know, find something that can support you. So what actions can you take to heal this wound from within and move forward? Is there a specific one that's showing up for anybody? I the that we've seen I've unconsciously Liz um knowing you've just said you wrote them down went through them see mine was um the disorders the the depression the anxiety eating disorder um avoiding conflict well I don't really have none of them now brilliant you know so I've unconsciously tick them off because I don't have addictions or nothing like that now either um, so I was nearly all of those and I think um, when you're all left with all this responsibility like I was as a young child uh, you constantly you feel it you're juicy and I find I've really struggled with that after my sister's suicide because it was like what do we do now I've got no yeah. one to look after Liz, I was devastated. Uh, because it makes you I, go in. Yeah, you, you go inwards then. And, and I went away only seeing all this now. It's all like making sense to me when you said you've got to go in. Because I realise it gets so painful. The only way is to yeah. go in. You can't sit with it. You've got to do something. Yeah, yeah you've got to because it gets to that point where you're either... Once you cut the distractions and the addictions out, you're left with your pain then. Normally you'd have a problem, you might go out on a Friday or you might go and reach for something else that's distracting you. But once you let them distractions go, you're left to sit with it. And um, as as one trauma's healed, uh, another one surfaces. 
So for me, I believe that like there is no there and we're here in this life to learn lessons and grow. So once we've hit a lesson, we get given another one, one that we didn't even know was even in our awareness before. And that happens with me every time I heal from something, I'll be sent like a new fear or a new test. And I, I sort of put myself in environments, to be honest, where that's going to happen to me, because I know that the way through is through triggers. The way through is through fear. So if we hide away and we don't go where we're going to be triggered, then we're going to be, we're going to think that we're good, but under the surface, we're not. So we can go searching for triggers. We can go facing fears. Our fe- it's our fears that liberate us. Constantly looking for triggers, constantly looking for fears. Grow, grow, more grow. Has anyone got a specific one they want to share? One that stood out to them more than any of the others? Liz, sorry. Oh, sorry. Go on, Catherine. Are you sure? Oh, thank you. It was the one that stood out to me. It was like, where I feel like I've got to fix everything. And I think it's because, like, I looked after my dad. I've got a mum. But when when I was younger, my dad, I've only ever known my dad to be mentally ill. And I was like, me and my mum were like his main carers. Um, And Long story short, he never ever got over his mental illness. He died of esophageal cancer back in 2014. That's eventually what took him. But his mental illness was so, so bad. And he was always like resisting help. And he was always like, I've tried everything, I've tried everything. But I'd always say if I could try and find anything to like fix him or try, like, even if he was like, he could be so horrible and unbearable. But my mum would be like, I'll oh, just say that or just do that to please your dad or, you know, he's not well. And it was like, I just felt like this overwhelming responsibility that I had to fix him or I had to do everything I could to please him because he wasn't well, even if that was at the detriment to me. And I feel like that's gone on throughout my life now where in anyone's situation, I just feel like I've got to help, I've got to fix. I've got to help I've got to fix and probably sometimes even when it doesn't really concern me I'm always compelled to want to fix and help and I feel responsible and I don't know how to sometimes switch that off or control it I feel like I'm heavily invested all the time in trying to help and fix situations and people yeah Yeah. thank you so much for sharing thank Thank you so much it's um when we feel this like rescuer it's because obviously that's what we've been taught and that's what you've been taught that how you feel doesn't matter you need to fix whatever the problem is so it's natural for you to go into any sort of situation and think no matter what I feel I it doesn't matter I need to fix this and you can see can't you like how it how it constantly plays out within our life and a lot of the time this is a distraction as well from ourselves and our healing so for me with this I would always ask myself like um, is this my business and I'd say to myself mind your business rather than being looking at myself like it's kind I sort of twisted it on myself that it was nothing to do with me 
And that made me stop it. You know what I mean? Like, nothing to do with you. And I'd actually say it in the mirror. You know, like, yeah. it's none of your business. <laughs> like, no one, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not responsible. But what will happen when you start doing this? You're already here. You're already doing this work. A lot more of this work will come to the surface for you. Okay. Thank you. Mm. Because then all of it will go into you. And then you'll be like, well, I wasn't really focused on this because I was focused on them and them and them. And yeah. Them. Now I'm focused on me. I'm like, oh, look at all this that I can fix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I need to do. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. We, once we give ourselves all that love and all that care and all that validation, we grow. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you. Thank you. Mel, was you going to say something? Yeah, I was. Um, I mean, a lot of them apply to me and I'm aware of them and I've been aware of quite a lot of them for a long time because as you say you're never kind of you're never there or you you think oh I've set boundaries then you find your boundaries are slipping a bit and like your people please my people people pleasing tendencies that like it's like ridiculous I have to check myself all the time but the big one today that stood out for me is that I don't trust my decisions. I ask, you know, I, I make decisions based on how it'll affect other people rather than what I want. So it's like, I don't trust my decision because it's got to make everybody happy, not just me. And yeah. it's like, that's like a, a real tell for me that's like just coming to me awareness because the other stuff I've been aware of, but that mm. is like, I thought I was making decisions because they were the right decisions, but I'm not sure now are they the right decisions or am I just, is it just taking me people-pleasing tendencies to another level? Yeah, and it is. It's that knowing that everyone's responsible for their own happiness and it's not selfish. You know, we're responsible for our happiness. And until that we are happy, we can't give unconditionally to anybody else. Mm. We can't. It'll always be from a wound or from trauma or from people pleasing. Like subconsciously, we get our needs filled when we're doing these things, these fixing Mm. things. Basically, when we fix something, we get shown, look what you've done. You're a good girl. Well done. And then we walk away like this. Yay. Mm. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. But we look at it as, I'm just so kind. (laughs) That's how we, and then we wonder why we... Yeah, we get walked Because we're loving it, aren't we? I love it when someone goes, oh, yeah, that's really it. nice of you. I mean, I mean, I might not share it because, like, you don't want to be, yeah. like, you know, kind of big, kind of, oh, yeah, aren't I great? Because I would never say that. But you have that little glow inside, and that's what I want, obviously. That's why I'm doing it. Yeah, and it's about getting that, in a way, in ourselves, so that yeah. when we get it's, like, authentic love. It's not yeah. coming from, I know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this for you. And then you better appreciate this because if you don't, <laughs> I'm gonna kill. You know, and it's not even <laughs> though I'd, I'd kick off. I just feel well, that was nice, wasn't it? You didn't even say thank you, and yeah, so I wouldn't kick yeah. off. But I wouldn't like. I wouldn't have had me little fix. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like terribly rude you them, terribly rude them after what I've just done for them. They didn't even ask you. They didn't even ask you. Exactly. Going down exactly because it probably wasn't any of my business and you know even like with my my grown-up daughters and stuff it's like half the time is it any of my business or have I now made them really reliant on me 
because now it's an expectation so it's like drawing boundaries again isn't it so you can yeah, say oh, it business. well is it really one's 21 one's 27 is it really my business <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's feeding it back isn't it and saying like well what do you think well what would you do <laughs> then that leads yeah. them to not be able to make their decisions doesn't it yeah and then that's the yeah. same thing as what you've just said about decisions yeah, it is. They've probably got trauma wounds from me. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do naturally. That's what we do. It gets passed on, doesn't it? Gets passed yeah. on and passed on and passed on. Well, that's and we it. find and that's like I think I've had like awareness for a good number of years, but it just shows you know, you do it's like as you say, because it's going back from your childhood and you replay it out. Yeah. Yeah, and it just gets um, passed on. I know a lot of people who are, who are on this journey are not just healing themselves, they're taking it back from the kids as well. They're like, okay, what did I believe? I told you to be a kind person. Now I'm going to go up to you and tell you, no, you set boundaries. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah. You know, like reteaching the kids while they're teaching themselves. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Completely, yeah. Yeah. Oh, decisions. Thank you so much for sharing, Mo. Thanks, Liz. And we're... Um, making our decisions it's um it's trusting isn't it like our inner guidance but we can't really hear our inner guidance if we don't build trust up it's like having a friend and they're knocking every day and just you're just blanking the door oh we should go away you know like eventually she's going to stop knocking and this is what happens with our intuition so it's like as soon as I get this thought I'm trusting my, I'm trusting myself and I'm moving with it and I'm taking action. And that's how we build this trust up in decision making. So like for me, now I can make a decision like that. That sounds nuts. Well, you've all probably seen the decisions that I've made. That sounds absolutely bizarre to the world. You know, like, why would you do that? But that's my intuition and I know that that's the way and I don't ever know why. And then when I get there, I see why it's the way. It's like following that internal guide. And if we don't, if we don't listen to what that decision is, or we ask other people, no one knows, no one else knows our decisions. And we have to live with the results of our choices. No one else has to. So it's about thinking as well. Is this person that I'm asking, are they for one, the person I want to be? For two, are they living a life that I want to live? So for three, why the fuck am I asking them anything to do with me? Because where they are is they've got to where they are by what they know. That's how they're there. Their life is proof of their choices and their decisions. So why would we seek that from somewhere else if that's not what we want? It's like asking a gardener how to bake a cake, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Went off on one there. That's you're right yeah it's just good to have the realization though isn't it yeah yeah you can do something about it then yeah we can it's just the it's just the awareness of it isn't it and the facing the shadows is the hardest thing to do like it's easy to go no 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 like for me I was like I've done that now that's done I've worked on that for years that's done now and then I get into a new situation and it's like pop and I go oh look at you there and I won't it's about not hiding and like moving forward to it again like this is a whole life of being programmed. A whole life of being programmed is pretty difficult to, you know, undo every single thing without this conscious awareness every day and being vulnerable with ourselves to face all that's there and acknowledge it. 
the only way to move through it, isn't it? To notice that it's there. Okay, we'll move on to father wounds. So the father wounds, this is a lack of presence from our father in a physical form or emotional, stopping us from feeling safe or supported. This may not be our birth father, it may be someone who embodied this role in our life. The father wounds can impact our structure, motivation, willpower and control. In a negative and positive way this is, it cultivates a lack of trust and inability to surrender leading to overscheduling, overworking, self-sacrifice and perfectionism. Unless we heal ourselves from our father wound, we will likely attract obsessive partners who struggle with commun communicating their emotions. We may be avoidant in they may be avoidant in addressing issues, become distracted, compulsive, and this may lead to addiction. So this just understanding this father wound a little bit deeper. Um if they haven't been emotionally present, they will then, rather than deal with the issue, they will then go and find something to distract themselves. Basically, that's where the addiction comes in. Um, with the father wounds, it's all about, if you think about like the masculine energy and also the discipline within a child that we've done a lot of. This is um, when we structure things, we're very structured. This is a sense of control, which shows that we've got no trust in an outcome so we're trying to fix it all and make it all right now the motivation it can impact it in the motivation not being able to move forward but it can also treble up your motivation and make you push yourself to the point where you kill yourself so this is something that I had so I had the motivation and the willpower but I was massively controlling everything around me and my work life I was unable to let go and surrender and just be what it would be. That wasn't even a thing for me. I could tell you what was happening five years ahead. That's how controlled that I was. I had a completely self-sacrifice. I had no nature. I overworked because I was trying to prove to my dad that, look, I am worthy. I can do this, look. And resulting in perfectionism, scared to be wrong, you know, scared to make a mistake to the point where you're just, you know, hyper-focused on it. And this, I did attract um, a more of a emotionally unavailable partner who, um, who did use distractions to avoid his emotions. And we were together for 10 years. So it's, this is real. <laughs> like, this is real. It's, um, yeah, that's, that's my experience with the father wounds. And obviously, learning to heal the father wounds, we bring more feminine energy and more... Um, connection in into ourselves okay so we'll go on to the next bit father wounds can show up for us it's a lack of responsibility a core belief of feeling unworthy or not enough, which can play out in many ways, you know, the overgiven, the people pleasing, um, the isolation even, you know, not allowing relationships in our life through pain of being hurt, um, unconsciously choosing partners that are similar to our father-child dynamic. So while, that, while I wouldn't say that my partner was similar to my father, 
he did have um, those emotionally unavailable like type of characteristics. Codependency attracting emotionally unavailable, um, physically or, or unavailable partners. So when we create this codependency um, in relationships, it's basically our inner child, you know, our subconscious mind is going to the same situation to relive this story, to prove it right, to change the pattern, not realizing that that's what's happened. It doesn't change the pattern. It just relives the pattern. And performing or achieving in order to be loved. So for me, I believe that my, my value came from my achievement and that's why I was very successful at a very young age. And um, I'd have had a self-sacrifice for it, you know, um, in many areas of my life, including my own self-care and self-love. Um, and I, I felt like when I healed this wound within me, I just completely, I just completely stopped. And it was weird. It was like all my motivation and all that stuff that I had was gone. And I was like, what's going on? Like, I've healed. Why aren't I, like, motivated? And it was because I didn't have that desire, you know, that, like, burning me to, like, I'll show you. Like, I didn't have all that, that like, bitterness in me. So then it's about finding motivation in another form, which is coming from love, because then those emotions inside us, we don't want them. Although they, they look good on the outside and we can get success and driven from them. It's not good how they're being how they're being fired up within us because this is emotion within our body. Um, feeling where they love and a meaningful relationship, like understanding that there are very soulful, meaningful relationships out there. It's a real thing. Not just this is just the way it is, this is just the way men are, this is just the way people are. No, it's not. Attracting obsessive partners who struggle with communicating their emotions. So when we say obsessive, they don't necessarily mean obsessive towards you, although they could be. They could just be obsessive in their work environment, obsessive in the way they like things, you know, just like, like a compulsive like disorder type of thing. Achieving at any and all costs. So nothing else matters as long as I get this thing done. I'm consciously making choices to gain the father's love and approval. Um, avoidant in addressing issues, easily distracted or compulsive, being disconnected from our sexual self, you know, just feeling shame around our bodies or not being able to talk about our needs, thinking that that's naughty to be able to say, I don't like that or I do like that. Um, with me, it was like I put pads inside my bras because I never ever wanted to like show me nipples because I believed that like that was that was like bad and like people would think something of me if I'd done that. Um, which was very uncomfortable for me to live that way. It was conscious all the time, keeping a shirt on, you know, um, just being disconnected from basically our bodies and ourselves. A feeling of being lost or without a purpose, because obviously our father is our safeguard. He's like, you know, he is the person who's supposed to make us feel safe. Um, so not having that, we can continue to feel this loss or what am I doing here? Why am I here? Who am I type of thing? Um Engaging in dominating behaviours such as oppression, shame, or abusing others. Okay. I don't know. This is the question underneath now, is it? Was it has anyone got any questions to ask before we move on to the first question of father wounds? No? Okay. The first question is, explore here how a father wound may have shown up for you in your life. What thoughts or emotions are present for you right now?
We'll move on to the next question. Bring awareness to how this is currently affecting your life. What difference is healing your father wounds going to make to you and why? It's really important that we find purpose in how it's affecting us. Like, why will our life be different? Why are we doing this? Why are we here now on this live? Why are we doing it? What difference is this going to make in your life? This will give motivation to do it when we can see that it's actually going to make a difference in our life. For me, I was unable to surrender. I was unable to trust. I was unable to let go. Um, I was unable to be led by a man. I didn't trust the leadership of a man. So then I attracted very like feminine partners, feminine as in like not a not a huge masculinity, like leader qualities, wishy washy type of partnerships. Didn't feel safe. I overscheduled, didn't have a break, couldn't breathe. I was in survival mode. Many differences, many.
Would anybody like to share what came up for them? Anything that they've brought awareness to? Yeah, I have, Liz. Um, I've struggled with relationships for years because I've grew up growing up not knowing who my father is. Yeah. And I've always attracted obsessive. Well, I've only had two serious relationships, but they've been quite obsessive. Yeah. And you can see how that played out, isn't it? Because that that safety wasn't there. So how do I source it? Um, move forward from this, Liz? That's something I do so, struggle. Yeah, it's, and a lot of us do. A lot of us do, you know, in like, in some aspect or another. Um, so there's many aspects to a, a father wound. It's not just, right, how do I heal this father wound? You know, just one thing, as you've seen, there are many different um many different like trauma responses that show up for us so we'll just go on to the next question a second because i think that that's what this next question is yeah so it's about what actions are we going to take to heal this wound moving forward so what's probably best to do andrea is to look at um the father wound and look at it and see which one of these is showing up most for me and then like we said about the mother wound you know going through them one by one so firstly men all men aren't bad you know this this a lot a lot of us have been told that from our mums you know this is like the toxic feminine distorted feminine who's told us this there are men out there who are loving connected to the heart and want not more than to be and build a life with a woman that is a real thing but many of us have been taught the opposite or we haven't been healed ourselves that we've then obviously gravitated to red flags, you know, as we do. We live the same things over and over. The key is to always heal within fear. So a huge thing for me is I've noticed attraction has changed for me, like massively. What I used to be attracted to and what I'm attracted now are like two completely different people because the people that I used to be attracted to were actually feeding some of my subconscious desires and were replays of patterns that I've now healed. So my attraction changed. I'd look at them people and I'd, I'd see that, you know, how are you with that phone or your diary or what you're doing? You're very like restraints within your life. You're very controlling things around you, which means that what you've just said that you were attracted to so we learn to be able to see things from people in other ways before they use it with us so to answer your question sorry Andrea I just went all around the world to answer your question would be to go through that list and put them in a list and then each one of those there, there will be things for you to use to heal each one of those but I wouldn't necessarily be able to say I'll just do this with a father wound because it is so you know so there is so many different trauma responses within that. Free relationships. Is there a copy on your page? Because I've lost yeah, well, yeah, you can download all of these anyway inside of your system and your membership. But if you want, this has been posted on the Best Self Academy page. Brilliant. So you can save it. Yeah, so you can save it and look, and look through them. But 
a massive part for me within healing the father wound has been falling into me feminine like being able to just move and dance and not judge myself when I move you know paying attention to my body and like telling parts of my body that I love myself like connecting to my body a little bit more connecting to like my feminine aspect and not being ashamed of certain things that's been a, a huge part in my growth as well as learning to let go and surrender so when I find myself trying to control something or wanting to know what's next what's next when I'm when I find myself doing that I'm like ah you're controlling this step back you're safe and telling yourself you're safe you're safe you're safe all the time because if this safety was missing we try and find things in the external to make us feel safe by controlling things so the final question what actions can you take to heal this wound from within to move forward is there a specific one that stands out for anybody Anybody else that would like to share? I think, I think for me, Liz, looking back at um, my biological dad left when I was six months old and then I had my dad who were called my dad. Um, and, and growing up, like I explained before, sort of bringing my sister up. And I've, I've always reached, what's the right down, let me see. <clears throat> um, always feeling let down and abandoned by men. What I do is never yeah. enough, never being told he's proud of me. Um, always someone or something that's better than me. And one of the things for me, um, I I packed a job in and went to uni um, late in life when I was what, 47. Um, and it was one of the most horrific times of my life because my husband, 25 years, left with an overnight bag. And I never saw them again and still refused to communicate with me. That was like six years ago. But not being given a reason why he'd done that. And that took me back to my dad abandoning me when I was six months old. And then sort of I graduated through all that with the help of really good friends who came and kicked me ass and made sure I got to uni. And I graduated with a first and I was so, so proud of myself. My picture's still not on my dad's wall, but my stepsister's is. And that crucifies me. Do you know what? Like, Sarah, I feel like you've just, like, told my life story and your life story. It's like, I, I might get, a, I mean, I've had a difficult year, I've said, I lost my mum, lost my sister, but prior to that, I, I've cared for my mum. So life's been really tough the last few years, but I've always been so independent that I've took on two and three jobs so I can pay my bills because I've got no money yet. Yeah. And it's like everything, my dad will come round and I'll chat to him and say, mm. oh, I have to do this and I have to do that. And it's like he totally changes yeah. the topic to yeah. my stepsister. Yeah. And that'll be a trigger for you as well. You'll you'll mm. notice that a lot more as well. It really, really hurts me. Yeah, yeah, um, I understand. And that don't hurt. get me wrong, I love him because he, he brought me up. Um, yeah. He was, yeah, yeah, but there could be more there if 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 that. I don't, I don't would know. You ever have a, would you ever have an open, vulnerable conversation with him about how you're feeling? Um, I've tried and I've got upset, and he's made his excuses and got up and walked out. 
Yeah. I've tried, even like when my husband left, and it was like, I was, oh, I was at rock bottom then. It was like a few months later, I said, I, I, I tried to explain my feelings about me, my husband. Um, and, you know, I tried to sort of put, not slag him off as a dad, but tried to sort of, do you think it'd, you'd be able to do this to help me a little bit? And we got into a bit of a conversation. I just burst into tears and sobbed. And he said, oh, I'll, I'll have to go. I've got to go and have my dinner. Okay. All right. See you next time. <laughs> yeah. It, it, and that hurts. When you, you, when, because when you, you do everything for yourself and you've got all them feelings going on inside and you're like, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let me go down a little bit and let them know how I'm feeling, and that's the reaction you get. So it's like, right, okay, put that wall back up. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it sort of teaches you, doesn't it? Like that's sort of your blueprint of what will happen if you request your needs. Yeah. So it's very easy to fall into like people pleasing or having no boundaries because you've been taught that they don't matter. Yeah. You know, that's your blueprint. So why are you going to tell someone how you feel? Because the last time you done this, you, this was your response and you felt X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And it's, it must be really triggering for you, especially having all those abandonment wounds resurfaced yeah. after your husband. And then going through all you did, you know, to, to achieve and then not getting the validation that you needed. I think something good for you to do, Sarah, would be to write down a list of all the things that you really want to hear from him. Like what would make you so happy? And then to move forward with giving each one of those to yourself, because so often we need a list of these things from somebody else. And yeah. we need a list of, um, we need these things from somebody else. And what will happen is we we give the opposite to ourselves. Yeah. So this is what I need. This is what I require. And then we beat ourselves up or we talk negatively to ourselves or we, we don't do the things we need to do. Like, this is what we need though. And it doesn't matter where it comes from. We can have it, you know, from ourselves. We can give it to ourselves. Yeah. So it'd be good for you to know what is it that you deeply desire and then try and fill yourself up with those things. Yeah. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you. Okay, what's our next one? It's um, visualization. No. Visualization, okay. Visualization, get our song on. Can everyone hear me and hear that? Yeah. Okay, so if you just get comfortable, close your eyes, relax into your seat. We're just gonna do some breath first. So inhale with me all the way in. Exhale. Ah, really try and release on your exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Ah, really let it go, really sink into your seat and let it all go. Inhale, exhale. Ah. Just twist your neck, relax your arms, 
relax your eyebrows. Remove your tongue from the roof of your mouth, loosen your jaw and just be here in this moment now. What can you smell? What can you hear? Be here. There is nothing in our life that defines who we become. There are many things in our life that happen that result in us reliving patterns and behaviors, but there is nothing that we cannot change. Absolutely nothing that we cannot change with awareness, self-awareness, self-acceptance, self-love, self-compassion, self-validation, everything that we require outside we can give to ourselves and as we fill ourselves up fill our own cup ask ourselves what do we desire and we begin to give that to ourselves the validation falls away the people pleasing falls away the boundaries level up the standards go higher as we begin to see our true value. Life becomes what we decide it is, not what the world told us it was gonna be. We are powerful beyond measure. Powerful beyond measure. We can completely reprogram, deprogram every single response that we have and choose to move in a different direction with consistency tiny baby daily steps with consistency one of them being holding our hands to our hearts and just saying i matter i matter i matter when you're ready just bring your awareness back to the room feel your spirit coming back into your body Wiggle your nose and your toes. Right now, in this moment, all is well in our world. Nothing matters. There is nothing that we can't bring awareness to. There's nothing that we can't change. Before we leave for tonight, has anybody got any questions that they would like to ask? Or anything they would like to share? Now we're all in snooze mode now after that. <laughs> hmm. Okay, gang. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for everyone who held space. And see you all next week. It's sharing circle next week. Sharing circle next week. So no record. We're all sharing what is going on for us. So see you all next week. Send you loads of love. Mwah. Have a brilliant week, everyone. And you. Love you. Bye. 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 Have a good week, everyone. Good week. Bye. Have the best.